You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. Well, um, I'm going to do what nobody wants me to do because, you know, listen, when I go through and look at all the news and whatnot, what do you think the news is talking about? Right? So sometimes I might want to do a little project on something on the side, like, hey, I wonder where Gutekunst ranks over the last five years, blah, blah, blah. But if if the goal for the day, which it is today, to do a media roundup, it's going to be on a particular topic, and that topic is Aaron Rodgers. So I apologize. But the good news is hopefully we'll be getting some clarity soon. Also, with the Combine coming up, we'll have a lot more to talk about. But I wanted to bring up a couple things here. Um, first of all, I found this a little bit interesting. I'm, I, I don't know how much of this I should even play because it's somewhat irrelevant. But there is a uh, video here. This is from Good Morning Football. Devin McCourty is with the group, and he talks about Mac Jones. And essentially, the video is, uh, excuse me, is him defending Mac Jones, saying he's the guy. He's the future. We're bringing in Bill O'Brien. We're bringing in all these guys, and it's going to be a, a great situation for him to be able to grow and learn and blah, 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 blah. But that's prefaced by the question or um, the statement Sources say Mac Jones is rubbing people the wrong way. And they asked Devin McCourty, obviously because he's a patriot, um, about that. And the only reason I bring that up is to say that these kinds of things, as much as we feel like it's only the Packers and only Rodgers, it really isn't. I mean, Baltimore is dealing with this with Lamar. Um, Tom Brady has dealt with this. Devin even mentions it was back in 2014 uh, when some fans in New England were saying, let... uh, let Garoppolo play and get Tom Brady out of here. And then, you know, he just retired this year. Obviously, Deshaun Watson is a serious uh, issue. There's questions about Tua. And then, of course, probably the biggest, um, surprisingly, overtaking Aaron Rodgers as worst quarterback diva teammate, we have Russell Wilson out in Denver. So I wanted to at least start with that to give a little bit of perspective. It's not... Everybody else has this great situation with kumbaya and all this nonsense. Everything is just a group full of human beings, and human beings suck at everything. 
And so it's hard to put together a locker room that actually works and makes sense and uh, thrives together. Now, (laughs) with that said, I've been thinking a lot about something um, and haven't really put it into action yet, but there was an article by Bleacher Report that at least kind of spurred it. I didn't think the article was massively entertaining. I thought it was um, probably correct, but anyways. The article by Brad Gagnon um, very simply says, Aaron Rodgers isn't worth the $60 million to the Packers, nor a cure-all for other NFL contenders. Now, let me just say right off the bat, I've said this since day one. The same reason why I'm not ready to pay that for Aaron Rodgers is the same reason why if I was a Jets fan or a Raiders fan or any other kind of fan, I wouldn't really want it anyways. Now, I'm not a Jets fan, and maybe if I was and I witnessed nothing but misery my entire life, maybe I would be willing to take one swing at one year of happiness. But just to be clear, the $60 million is going to be paid. And so if he plays one year, we pay for him for three. That's, that's a garbage trade-off. And so the larger point here, because here, here's, the, here's the larger, um, well, point, I guess, or question. If we're going to do this, why are you doing it? It's because Aaron Rodgers is the best in football, period. Not he's pretty good, not he's above average, not, well, he's better than the garbage quarterback we have. There's a lot of guys that can pull that off for a much smaller price tag, and for a much longer period of time. I'm talking about this guy is the most elite quarterback that there is. He is going to shred the NFL. He is going to drag whatever dead weight you have on this team, and he is going to give you instantly a the, the status of Super Bowl contender the second you sign your name on the dotted line. Anything less than that is not worth the contract. And so ultimately, this article from uh, Bleacher Report said they don't think that he's worth it, and I tend to agree. Now, the reasons are a little bit different. Uh, we, We overlap in terms of our agreement that what he did in 2022 was nowhere near anything even close to that level of commitment. But then he also adds um, a quote from uh, Lewis Riddick. I don't necessarily agree with it, but here's what he said. Uh, Alluding to in vogue franchise quarterbacks Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, and Jalen Hurts, ESPN's analyst Lewis Riddick said this week that, quote, these are guys who are not going into darkness retreats trying to figure out if they still want to play football. There's no question that they're invested in their organizations and trying to maximize themselves and everyone around them. That's what endears them to their organization and to their players. Their players say, uh, this guy is us. He's for us. He's trying to make us better, and he's doing everything that he uh, possibly can to make himself better. Rodgers is trying to figure out what he wants uh, to do for himself right now. We don't even know if he wants to play for Green Bay. We haven't even heard that. So if he doesn't know if he wants to play for the organization that has paid him an ungodly amount of money and who uh, just signed a new contract with last year, what makes you think he's going to be invested in this team? And, and again, I don't necessarily agree with all that. I think Tom Brady was a short-term investment, and everybody seemed to be fine with that, and they went on to win a Super Bowl. But I think there is an element to that. And again, there, there isn't one thought process in a locker room. There isn't one idea or one belief. There's a group of people that all have their own opinions. Some guys are going to say, heck yeah, bring him in, let's go win it. Some guys are going to say, you know, we're trying to build something here for the long term, and this has nothing to do with that. He's not one of us. He's this guy that's going to come in and tell everybody how it's going to be, and I don't like that. 
So, you know, I, I again, I think he's trying to make it sound like everybody's going to have that mentality. I think there's a very good chance some people would and some people won't. But here's here's the main thing for me, because I've been wanting to do this kind of for a while. I've been I've been dabbling. You've heard me mention it a few times in terms of is there more to a quarterback than just being a good thrower of the football? Right, because I've always been on the camp that Rodgers is a better quarterback than Tom Brady, because obviously Rodgers throws the ball better than Tom Brady, at least historically speaking. Right, the the fadeaway shots, the off your back foot across your body between two defenders dart shot, right, you know, right in the chest of the play, like that kind of stuff. Tom Brady isn't that guy, but is that it? Is that all encompassing? And so one of the things I wanted to look at was that sort of clutch factor. You know, when it matters, when a game is on the line, you know Tom Brady's going to pull through. And we've kind of looked at it a little bit, but not recently, not necessarily recent history, not necessarily in terms of stats, more about, you know, do the Packers win and this, that, or the other. And it was usually back in the olden days. But I'm curious, you're going to pay this guy $60 million to maybe come in and play one year. What are you getting, not just in terms of, you know, he's going to throw maybe not a lot of yards, but probably a good amount of touchdowns and very low t- interceptions. Like that's, that's best case scenario. That's what you get with Rodgers. That's what everybody likes about him. Touchdown to interception ratio, careful with the football, a couple just absolute dimes. But what about when the game's on the line? So I wanted to start with 2020 because that was Rodgers at his absolute best. That's not looking at, well, this year was an anomaly, so that doesn't count. Rodgers at his absolute best in 2020, fourth quarter or overtime, down between eight points and zero points. In other words, it's either a tie or we're down eight points in the fourth quarter. What are the stats that we're dealing with here? Now, again, I, I, I don't want a guy that's top 15 or top 20. I'm not even sure I want to pay this much money for a guy that's top 10. You had better be the absolute best or close to it. Let's start with some basics. Catchable passes. We're talking accuracy now. Aaron Rodgers, eighth. It's not bad. I would hope to have a little bit better than that, but that's that's solid, right? On target passes, he's 11th. Who do you see at the top of the list? Pat Mahomes, Kirk Cousins, Baker Mayfield, Matt Stafford, Joe Burrow, guys like that. Rodgers is 11th between Ryan Fitzpatrick and Phillip Rivers. Average net yards per attempt, per, per attempt, eighth. Again, not the end of the world, but not even top five. By the way, Derek Carr is fifth. And that's in 2020. This is peak Aaron Rodgers. Derek Carr, who is currently asking for less money, can commit to a longer term, higher average net yards per attempt. Touchdown percentage, 17th between Carson Wentz and Kyler Murray. Interception percentage, which is, you know, what you would expect him to be. He's he's technically number one, but he's tied with 13 other guys. He didn't throw an interception, which is great, but neither did... Jalen Hurts, neither did Jared Goff, Matt Stafford, Nick Foles, Drew Brees, Carson Wentz, Kyle Allen, Lamar Jackson, Pat Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, or Baker Mayfield. Passer rating, 11th. Then you look at overall value. How valuable was he? EPA. He ranked 21st. Points earned per play, 9th. Points above average per play, 10th. Uh, PAR, sort of that war metric, but it's PAR, whatever. Uh, 13th, another just all-encompassing. If, if they had a PFF grade, it might be PAR or WAR. It's kind of the same thing. Sort of SIS's version of their PFF grade. 13th. 
Boom percentage. What percentage of the time did he do something really good? He ranks 31st. Bust percentage. What percentage of the time did he do something really awful? He ranks 10th. Pat Mahomes, number one. Same same guys over and over again. So again, and I've told you, Pat Mahomes doesn't have the greatest stats in the world. But suddenly when you look at clutch time, Aaron Rodgers is just a run-of-the-mill run of between 10th and 20th type of quarterback. And guys like Pat Mahomes, their name keeps popping up at the top. And again, this is the best of the best of Aaron Rodgers in 2020. We're talking best case scenario for your $60 million. What about this past year? Catchable percentage. What percentage of the time were the balls that he threw in this situation? We're talking fourth quarter and overtime when you're either between tied and down eight. He ranks 31st in catchable passes. On target passes, he ranks 28th. Average net yards per attempt, 19th. Touchdown percentage, he ranked 20th. Interception percentage, 15th. Passer rating, 22nd. Points earned per play, 21st. Points above average per play, 21st. EPA, 19th. By the way, you know who's number one in EPA by a mile in this situation? Tom Brady. Tom Brady didn't have a good year. But you look at how he performed... Again, fourth quarter game on the line. His EPA, by a mile, he's number one. Rodgers, 19th. Positive play percentage, 13th. The SIS PFF grade PAR, he ranks 21st with a negative 0.3. Boom percentage, he ranked 23rd. Bust percentage, he ranked 18th. I don't think he was top 10 in a single category with the game on the line. The point is, I don't know that he's ever really been good in these situations. If you can go back to 2020 and you can't even get him necessarily in the top five, barely get him in the top 10, you fast forward now and you can barely get him inside of the top 20 in any one category, not even one. Was he once in the top 10 or even top 15, maybe one, maybe two? What are you paying $60 million for? Don't get me wrong. I'm hoping nobody's listening to this podcast. That is that is another team that's interested. Not that it would sway them anyways, but... It's just me and you talking here. Who in their right mind would do that? For what? And again, even if we blame this 100% on a broken thumb, even if you go back to 2020 at his peak, game on the line, fourth quarter, between tied, within a score, but you're down or tied. He's not even barely average. So, I mean, look, I, I, it's very obvious I don't want to give him $60 million. I'm just stunned that other teams apparently do want to give him the $60 million. But it does raise the question, how much compensation are we going to get? Because remember, the total compensation that they're going to give for Aaron Rodgers is his contract plus the compensation they have to give Green Bay. How much are they willing to give in addition to $60 million? Are they really going to give $60 million and a first-round pick for this? Are they going to give $60 million and a second-round pick for this? Again, I'm coming from a place of saying it's not worth $60 million and nothing. Not a conditional 2029 seventh-round pick. I know that's not even an option, but I wouldn't do it. And yes, if you're the Jets, he's better than uh, the guy you have, but that's not the question. It's a simple question of, is this production that we're looking at worth the price that it costs to get him? That's why I, I dismiss the idea of, well, Rodgers is better than Love. That isn't really the total calculus, though, is it? If that's even true, which is not a given, it's so funny that we just brush off like, well, obviously Jordan Love can't be Aaron Rodgers. Well, maybe not peak Aaron Rodgers, 
maybe not 2011 or 2011 Aaron Rodgers, but can he be top 20? Is it insane to think Jordan Love could come in and in a situation where you're down eight in the fourth quarter, he can be a top 20 quarterback? Because if he can, he can be Aaron Rodgers. Is it that insane? I mean, even if we get rid of all the filters, do you know where he was at uh, points earned per play, just period, this season? 19th behind Derek Carr. Points above average per play, 18th. Oh, it's absurd to think he could be better than Rodgers. Really? Geno Smith was 15th. Daniel Jones was 13th. Jacoby Brissett was 11th. Is it really that crazy? Positive play percentage, Aaron Rodgers was 18th. Marcus Mariota was 17th. Is it really that crazy that Jordan Love could have a better year in 2023 than Rodgers had in 2022? I'm not saying he's going to have a better year than Rodgers' entire career, which seems to be what people are saying. Well, he can't be better than this glorified, all-summarizing view of Aaron. Well, yeah, of course. He's not going to be a multiple-time MVP Super Bowl champion after his first year. But we get stuck on this Aaron Rodgers thing, like his name means greatness. And so when we just look at the data and say, well, he was 18th in terms of positive play percentage. So, you know, I mean, his his PAR, again, the PFF grade for the grade for SIS, he ranked 16th behind Jacoby Brissett. It's impossible he could be better than Jacoby Brissett? Really? I'm sorry, but if I'm the Jets, choosing between Aaron Rodgers and Derek Carr kind of seems like choosing between the exact same quarterbacks except one is cheaper. I think Derek Carr wants like $35 million per year. That's it. Rodgers would like 60 60 Not that he's necessarily asking for it, but that's what you're going to pay because that's what the Packers agreed to brilliantly. Boom percentage, right? We always talk, well, Rodgers makes these insane, crazy, unbelievable game-winning throws. He ranked 21st in boom percentage. What, what percentage of the time did he do awesome stuff? 21st. Geno Smith, Kyler Murray, Justin Herbert, Kirk Cousins, Zach Wilson, Tyler, uh, Taylor Heineke, Andy Dalton, Dak Prescott, Derek Carr, Josh Allen, Marcus Mariota, Matt Ryan, Ryan Tannehill, Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, Jared Goff, Trevor Lawrence, Jimmy Garoppolo, Patrick Mahomes, and Tua Tungavailoa all were better in that regard. And then if nothing else, you would expect Rodgers to be really low in bust percentage. Well, at least he's very cautious. He doesn't do crazy. He ranked 24th. I mean, he was the 10th worst in bust percentage, 19.5%. That's nearly one in five passes. He did something catastrophic. The only quarterbacks that were worse, Marcus Mariota, Mac Jones, Daniel Jones, Ryan Tannehill, Russell Wilson, Andy Dalton, Zach Wilson, Taylor Heineke, and then Justin Fields, my buddy. But the difference between Rodgers and Fields, 19.5% uh, compared to 24.7. It's about a 5% difference. Where's Pat Mahomes, the guy that won the Super Bowl? He was second, 12.5%. Tom Brady, 12.2%. Josh Allen, 12.7%. Right? These are the same guys over and over again. And again, even though Tom Brady didn't have the greatest year, he's still at the top of a lot of these metrics. And then you got Pat Mahomes, you got Josh Allen, you got Joe Burrow, you got Trevor, you got the same old guys. By the way, a lot of really young quarterbacks like Burrow, like uh, Trevor, like Tua, like Hertz, like Herbert. It's the same guys. Pretty much the entire draft class that Jordan Love was in is at the top of all these lists. But it's impossible that Jordan Love could be at the top of any of these lists. It's insane to think he could be even top 15. It's absurd. What do we even mean when we're talking about Aaron Rodgers? 
I mean, he's not going to be Aaron Rodgers but good, but he'll, he'll, I think he'll be okay. Well, if he's not Aaron Rodgers good, then he's not okay. He's just bad. There isn't a single metric. I mean, even if you look at PFF, which is um, seemingly a little bit more forgiving, um, overall for the season, he ranked 14th, tied with Tom Brady. As a passer, he was 10th. What are you paying for? What are we paying for? What are we throwing away Jordan Love for? Here you go. Here's one metric. Big time throw percentage. He was third behind Mitch Trubisky. (laughs) But again, turnover worthy play where you expect him to be really, really high, right? He doesn't turn the ball over. He was 15th, tied with Cousins. Adjusted completion percentage, 15th. Time to throw, 15th. Passer rating, 17th. Deep passing grade, 25th. Intermediate passing grade, 9th. Short passing grade, 18th. Behind the line of scrimmage passing grade, 9th. Uh, Passing grade under pressure, 11th. Overall grade under pressure, 14th. Play action passing grade, 10th. Or overall grade was 10th. Play action uh, passing grade, 10th. It's just like, where where are you putting your money? Again, if if he makes you an automatic Super Bowl contender, all right, maybe. Fine. Do what you got to do. I just, I don't, I don't get it. And it's upsetting because this was never a question not too long ago. But now I'm being forced to look at it. Now that the cost is really high, now that he had a bad year last year, we got to really start to dig into this. And it's not great. I don't want to do a podcast where I try to uh, explain to everybody why Aaron Rodgers isn't worth keeping. It's not a fun podcast to do. But my goodness, what, what, what could possibly be the argument? Again, if, if, if we believe that we're going to make this contract evaporate and we believe he's going to play for five more years, fine. Fine. Whatever. I mean, I'm, I'm still not super keen on it because I want Jordan Love. I want to see what he can do. Believe he can be a good quarterback. But you know what? Give me five more years of this guy at a really discounted rate. Maybe we get MVP Rodgers back. I don't know. Maybe. And I, I think the fan base would even be split on that. Like, I don't want Rodgers for free for five years. But... That, that's the starting point. But the point is, we're, not, we're obviously not there. We're obviously not going to make the contract evaporate. We're obviously not going to make any of this go away. And even the idea that we're going to restructure it doesn't mean anything. It just means moving money around. But the totality of the contract stays exactly where it is, unless he decides to take a pay cut, which again, as I said on Packernet After Dark, if you don't listen to it, very simple solution. It's not about money, according to Rogers. It's about if I come back, I want to win. Great. Make the money go away. That's the best way to do that. It's the best way to come back, still make a bunch of money, but more importantly, put your team in a position to actually get you that Super Bowl title that you want. Also, you're going to have to show up to training camp and all that stuff. You are not missing days. You're not taking days off. You're going to be there every opportunity you can to make yourself and your team better. If you're not willing to do those things, then I don't believe you when you say those things. Again, you have every you signed the contract. The Packers gave you the money. You are entitled to every dollar of that. Congratulations and good for you. But you can't have it both ways. I'm not going to let you say, you know, you t- I'm not going to let you bleed the team dry and then say money doesn't mean anything and I just want to win. Sorry, you don't get to play both sides of that. So in summary, although I don't agree with every point made in the Bleacher Report article, I think maybe it was overstated a little bit um, about the fact that the team will rebel because he's not a long-term investment. I don't really know that. I mean, he was in a locker room. I wasn't. Uh, and that's probably how he would feel, but I don't think that's how everybody would feel. But um I mean, look, the, the, the title says it all. Aaron Rodgers isn't worth the $60 million to the Packers, nor a cure-all for other NFL contenders. 
I just, uh, I'll be very interested in how this plays out. Very interested. And I really hope we get some clarity soon. In fact, I'm recording this, I believe, on Monday. So tomorrow is Tuesday. So, you know, fingers crossed. Tomorrow's a big day either way. We got Pat McAfee. Even if he's not saying anything, we get a little bit of insight on uh, how that all went down and where he's at on in the process. And also, again, that's the day I believe uh, Brian Gutekunst is set to speak to the media prior to the combine, et cetera, et cetera. So get a little insight into what the Packers are looking at, looking for, et cetera, et cetera. So um, tomorrow's a big day. Should be a lot of fun. But as for where we're, where where we are, let's let's call this my final proclamation before hopefully the big announcement, which <laughs> I don't know, it's probably not coming, but that's kind of where I'm at on it. I guess I've always been at this point, you know that, but just with a little bit more detail and with a little bit more uh, sharper point on the end of that, you know, I know Aaron Rodgers' name carries a lot of weight, but Aaron Rodgers last year was just an average run-of-the-mill Joe. And even at his peak, when you're talking about game on the line back in 2020, meh. In every single conceivable metric, he was eh. So, there we are. Anyways, before we hit break, I want to uh, play this quick, quick audio clip here. Um, there's been a lot of talk about Lazard, and the Packers are pushing real hard to bring him back and all that. Um, I don't know how much truth there is to that, but listening to this clip, it doesn't seem as though Alan Lazard believes that he will be back in Green Bay. So uh, without any further explanation, here's what Lazard had to say. This is on uh, Sirius XM NFL radio. This uh, interview took place. I've been very spoiled the past um, four or five years to be in the Packers organization. Um, you know, I think they're obviously a first-class organization, how they just go about um, – the relationship with the fans, how they treat their players. I mean, just the whole experience there. Having Coach LaFleur and Nathaniel Hackett the past few years and, you know, obviously having Aaron as a quarterback, you know, I'm almost like kind of bougie, I feel like, <laughs> into what I'm going to be wanting out of another organization because I have such high expectations. But that's only because I've, I've seen that and I've experienced that. And you know, Notice, as he speaks, how... It's just assumed he's going somewhere else, and that's what I find interesting. Again, one of the things that's funny about some of these interviews is sometimes they don't know. Sometimes, how do, how the heck do I phrase that? They forget that there are certain things that you don't know, and maybe you kind of say something out loud that you forget that other people don't realize. So in his mind, it sounds like he believes he's gone, and it's not even really a question. And he forgets that nobody else knows that. That's just how it comes across. So... We'll just continue listening, but keep that in mind as you listen, how he talks as though it's kind of a foregone conclusion. He's already talking about the next organization, what I'm looking for. You know, I think the record, minus last year, the past three years before that, it kind of shows you why they're able to have that much success. So I'm looking through all the criteria of, you know, the workers, um, who's working upstairs, the relationship between the players that they have. Um, you know, it's, it's this next place, I would like it to be somewhere I could see myself living for a, an extended period of time. So. See what I mean? There's no question in his mind. This next place, I would like it to be blah, 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 blah. Well, like, I, what I thought, uh, what, what do you mean? So I would want to be heavily involved in the community and to be um, engaged with the organization as much as possible. So all things are being in consideration. Some places will have an advantage over others as far as whether the coaches or other players there or maybe it's the climate and the, and the weather and everything. So... Um, I'm just excited to, to see 
what all of my possibility options will be. You know, you talked about enjoying your experience in Green Bay, and they're the one team that can prevent you from actually hitting the open market. Have you had any conversations with them? Yeah, my, my agent, I believe, has started to talk to him a little bit. This is sort of that, oh, oh, yeah, 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 the Packers. Uh, Yeah, no, no, my agent's talking to him, you know, for sure. A bit um, in, in recent weeks or anything, but they haven't said anything as far as preventing me from going to the open market. So that's basically it. Um, look, I, I don't know exactly where that report came from that the Packers are pushing real hard uh, to get Lazard. Lazard apparently doesn't realize that. He's not been made aware. The only statement he's made is that they haven't prevented him from looking elsewhere, and he's begun the process of trying to figure out where he wants to be and is already speaking in terms of the fact that he's gone. The next organization, I would like it to be like this. What do you mean the next organization? You mean you're leaving? What do you mean? He's speaking as though he's gone. It's a foregone conclusion, which shouldn't necessarily be surprising, but it is relevant, again, considering in the last 48 hours there's been reports that the Packers are making a real hard push to keep Lazard because, again, Lazard is not aware of that and has no expectations of staying in Green Bay. That's evident to me based on this interview. So, again, we'll see. Maybe in those discussions that are taking place, they'll come out with this really big, surprising offer that Lazard decides to keep, but I don't think anybody expects that. The Packers don't have the money. They shouldn't have the desire. I don't think Lazard wants to be here. I don't think anybody wants Lazard here. Lazard doesn't want to be here. It just doesn't make any sense. It really doesn't. I mean, aside from the fact that we need some bodies, you know, aside from the fact that we basically have three second-year guys and nobody else, I can't think of a single reason why we would want to keep Lazard here. Right, we tried last year. We wanted him to be that number one. We wanted to see that breakout. Right? What did I, I was talking about? Uh, uh, Brooks, right? Robert Brooks, and maybe this could be a Robert Brooks year. You know, and there was all the hype from me and other people like me. Like, oh, who knows? Maybe, maybe, maybe. It very clearly was not that. And um, unfortunately, his ceiling is what it's always been. And look, considering where he came from, what a great find. What a great addition he's been to the Green Bay Packers. What, what, uh, nothing but absolute respect for Lazard. But what the team right now needs, especially considering the money that he's earned himself, and congratulations to him, there, there just isn't a, it's not a good fit anymore. It just isn't. We're not a team that, that can spend a ton of money on that type of player. We need to go in a, what we're looking for is not Lazard. Right, considering he's just another free agent, just another guy, just another option at this point, I don't see him as the best option. Same thing that happened last year with MVS. It's not that there is no scenario. It's for example, if he if he was still under contract, would we cut him? No. But as a free agent on the market, in play for thirty two teams, getting offers that are, you know, in excess of ten million dollars, no. That's not our best option. And it wasn't. We let him go. He went to the Chiefs, and we signed Christian Watson, and Watson is better than MVS. Much cheaper and a much better version of what we always hoped MVS would be. It was the right decision. And good for MVS. He went and got what fit was a good fit for him. He got a ton of money. He went to a great organization. He won a Super Bowl. He's living the dream. So it's win-win across the board. Anyways, why don't we go ahead and take a quick break? Patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy is where you can support this very podcast if you get any sort of value whatsoever. Occasionally, a couple perks get thrown your way. I'm pretty bad at it, but I'm trying. Um, you can get, if you're on the $5 tier or higher, access to the Substack. It's kind of a discounted way to get into that if we're, you know, just kind of saying the quiet part out loud here. So um, it's not automatically linked, but... 
just send me a message if you're five bucks or more donor and I'll, I'll get you set up. Uh, but occasionally I'll try to get some stuff on there. I, 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 I need to figure that out. I'm st- Never mind. Anyways, you you know, you already know. Thank you so much to all the donors for February. Thank you to Mr. Nick McSwain, Mike Luther, and of course, who could forget, David. If you're not into the whole Patreon thing, you could check out uh, Venmo, Packernet Podcast. Most importantly, though, um, Fertile Ground Ranch Discipleship Ministry.org. All I'm doing is talking football. Not a big deal. Obviously, uh, nothing really life changing is going to happen if I were to vanish one day. But um, if you want to help do some good in the world, I would encourage you to check out Fertile Ground Ranch Discipleship Ministry. Uh, My dad set up a ministry trying to help those that are struggling, struggling with addiction, um, people coming out of prison and whatnot that certainly need some help. And so uh, I would encourage you to check out the website, FertileGroundRanch.org. See if it aligns with your values. See if it's something that you'd be interested in supporting. And of course, if you have any questions, um, you could feel free. There's some uh, contact information on the site. You can reach out directly to my dad and and ask him whatever questions you have about what it is that they're doing and learn a little bit more. Um, again, just see if it's something that uh, you think you'd like to support. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. We all have smartphones and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. All right, let's get a couple more things off my chest real quick. Um, Keyshawn Johnson says Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback most under pressure to win a Super Bowl. The only reason I bring this up, because obviously this is just random people's opinion, it shouldn't really matter all that much, but it does kind of make me think about some things because as I said, the most convincing thing I've heard recently, I keep attributing it to AJ Hawk, may have been, may have not have been, I don't know, let's just pretend it is, was does he want to play? Most likely yes. If he wants to play, where does he most likely want to play? Green Bay. Now, of course, there's the option that Green Bay is just going to say, get out of here, you bum. We actually hated you. We never wanted you. And that's how that happens. But I see that as unlikely. But I do think that's a fair question. If we say that Aaron Rodgers is under extreme pressure to win, that's the only thing missing in his life. I, I, I just need that ring. I do think you can make an argument for the Packers being the best option just because you don't have as many question marks. You don't have the question mark of the new coach, potentially new-ish scheme, trying to implement all this new stuff, brand new receivers that need to relearn all of your new concepts and everything else that you want on top of everything else you need to learn. 
knew everything, knew this, knew that, knew, and especially if we're talking one year. And even if you commit to two, it's it's a tall order because you're kind of starting over for the first year and then hoping to win in the second year. And I think you may have a better chance. Rodgers even alluded to it. You know, we're, we're a couple players away from being contenders, and those players might be on this roster. That's a heck of a ringing endorsement from Aaron Rodgers that this is the best team to be on. Coach that you're familiar with. And, and again, he didn't say the coach is the issue something that he doesn't believe is going to be fixed. He said there are a couple of players away and they might already be on the roster. And if they're not, guess what? I'd be willing to bet if he says, I'd like to come back, I think we can do all this. I bet Gutekunst will say, all right, what, what, you know, we need a receiver, we need a tight end, let's get a tight end. If we get a tight end, are you going to stay? He says, yes, then it's a done deal. I think that's fair. However, it's still worth bringing into the equation because if that is his number one concern, and there is a better option. For example, he's like, I don't know for sure if these receivers are going to be the guy. I don't know if this offensive line is going to get back to whatever this out or the other. I don't know if the defense is going to be what I needed to be. He may be able to look at the Jets and say, this is everything I need. It checks all the boxes. Yeah, there's going to be some growing pains, but they have everything I need. The Raiders, I doubt he could look at the Raiders and say, that's what I need. But who knows what other teams are, are potential landing spots for Aaron Rodgers that he may want to look at. The point is, if Keyshawn Johnson is right, And Aaron Rodgers says, man, uh, look, I'm going to come back, but I've got to win. Where does he go? What is the best option? I I don't know. I'm asking. I'm pretty sure it's not the Raiders. I don't think it's the Titans. Titans don't have any receivers anymore. They gave them all away. Offensive line is suspect. Derrick Henry hasn't really been tearing up the league like he used to. Defense isn't exactly what it used to be. Seemed to be in a bit of a slide. The Colts make absolutely no sense. They've been sliding for a while. But again, the Jets make some sense to me. You've got Garrett Wilson, who's kind of a stud. You've got some defensive pieces that are there. You've got a coach that I'm guessing he admires and respects coming right out of San Francisco. And of course, there's Nathaniel Hackett, who, the, who he absolutely loves and respects and helps him helped him to get what he got in 2020 and 2021 when he won MVP. I can't help but think those are his two options. You know, if Miami's on board, yes, that's absolutely an option. Again, you got a 49ers guy there. You've got some seriously elite weapons. You've got a defense that seems to be highly capable. I don't know if it's an option, though. But that's sort of the only thing that would kind of sway me. I'm, I'm, I'm still completely torn on this and, and not fully understanding. I don't know where the Packers stand. There's so many different reports. I don't know where Aaron Rodgers stands, but I think that is worth looking at because I don't, I don't think that's necessarily debatable that if he comes back, that the number one calculation has to be what's going to give me the best odds to add to a Super Bowl. Although I think all things being equal, he would stay. If, if he thinks it's, it's 50-50 between the Packers and Jets, I think he stays. I think he, he would, like he said multiple times, I'd like to finish my career here and all that stuff and not have to uproot everything and change everything and go to a new city and learn all new stuff. And it would be better to be able to stay where he's familiar. You know, he's had a great career of, of just shredding people in Lambeau Field. And I don't know that he has that same home field advantage in a foreign place like, you know, the, the, the Jets Stadium out in Jay-Z. And then again, the only question I have, just for the sake of curiosity, is how would things play out if each of these scenarios were to play out? Number one is retirement. Number two, he's coming back to Green Bay. Number three, a trade is in place. And, and, and I stand by the fact that if it's the first two, we may hear very soon. Assuming he has the answer. It's just going to be, you know, I'm retiring and then McAfee tomorrow before his show is going to tweet out Aaron Rodgers has decided to retire, et cetera, et cetera. If he's going back to Green Bay, there may need to be some discussions. And so maybe it'll kind of be on hold. But 
you would assume that it, as long as there's some kind of a tentative agreement, there's a good chance that could be announced. The, the thing that I don't know is if the desire is Rodgers wants to move on or Rodgers and the Packers decide that it's most beneficial for him to move on, however you want to phrase that, would that immediately be released or would it be I'm still working through it and then until something's right, is set in stone, we won't actually know anything, which means we may have an answer before we have an answer. And as I've said before, this is maybe the one scenario where Pat McAfee doesn't get to break it. It may be like Ian Rappaport or Adam Schefter or something like that, because if Rodgers doesn't want to reveal that, hey, look, we're, we're, I'm, I'm going to go play for another team and just kind of leave it hanging out there, and he wants to wait until something's more concrete, the problem is the Packers and Rodgers and his agent and the Jets, and the Raiders, and everybody else, they're all getting word, hey, Rodgers is available, and we're looking for the best offer. And you know Ian's going to find out about that. You know Tom is going to find out about that, and Schefter's going to find out about that. And so I think, unless Rodgers is hell-bent on making sure that this is leaked in the way that he wants it to be released, and then gives it to McAfee so that he can kind of have it released the way that he wants it to, it's probably going to be released by Ian. So I would expect it's either going to be uh, McAfee if he's retiring or staying, and it may be somebody like Ian Rappaport if he is, in fact, getting traded. You may start to hear some rumblings of there's some conversations going on, um, potentially some uh, you know talks are heating up between the Packers and the Jets about a potential trade. You start hearing stuff like that while there's all quiet on the Western Front between uh, you know Rogers not saying anything, the Packers not saying anything. That's when I'm going to start leaning toward holy crap, this might actually be happening. Since we're on the subject, um, I saw this on the Twitters. This was posted by uh, Ike Packers. This is a flashback to Jordan Love at the Combine. I just want to play this, again, because every time I get the opportunity, I like to throw this in the face of the people that say nobody liked Jordan Love. Everybody said he was a bum and um, would have definitely not been picked in the first round if not for the Packers. We are going to probably spend the next two months or so or three months, whatever whatever the draft is. I've sort of lost track of being in Indianapolis April for nine 23rd. weeks. Um, we're going to use up all of those love puns because Jordan Love certainly did help himself here. And you know, I was so fascinated getting to Indianapolis, how many people just wanted to see him throw the love affair with this prospect. Was, was, that, was I, that one a love affair? The quote-unquote love affair was something I didn't anticipate. Threw re- really well yesterday. Certainly someone who solidified his standing in the first round. Start to think of potential landing spots, Andrew. I know he spent some time uh, with the Dolphins, spent some time with the Lions. I would keep an eye on the Vegas Raiders. Uh, they're a team that sound like they like him a lot. They obviously have said nice things about Derek Carr, but seem to be open to upgrading. Uh, having Jordan Love land at 12 with Vegas is certainly something to kind of keep an eye on. There are some people now, after watching him throw last night, that say he may not get to 12. Potentially, granted, I mean, I, as you said, we're two months away. I, I could see the. I could see it happen. We see it every year where someone trades up Always. over a team that needs a and you end up in the top 10. So again, just further confirmation that although he obviously didn't go in the top 10, there was a lot of conversation that he may not make it to 12. And once again, we'll couple that with the fact that every other person drafted in the first two rounds that year has gone on to be a phenomenal quarterback. Arguably, every single one of them was better than Aaron Rodgers this past year. Doesn't necessarily have anything to do with Jordan Love, aside from the fact that it was clearly an unbelievably good quarterback year and he was maybe the third best quarterback prospect considered by many to be better 
than Justin Herbert. So I guess I'll leave it at that. There's other little tidbits and things that just feel kind of irrelevant considering how much time we've spent talking about more or less one subject. Potential landing spots for Lazard. They're looking at uh, the Ravens maybe because he could use a great receiver, which just sounds like more of the Ravens doing the exact same thing, which is overpaying for a bunch of guys that aren't good at football, but that is what it is. We'll leave that alone. But I'm going to leave it at that. I will talk to you tomorrow. Hopefully we'll have some pretty big news one way or another. Otherwise, please call in and uh, give me your thoughts. 608-501-0718 is the number to call. So call in and uh, we'll talk about some stuff. Have a good one. Bye-bye.